SeatGeek, and you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's, that's, that's kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Episode 391 of The Sleeper and the Bus. It's Sunday, September 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by the travel wizard, Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? Dude, I had to push a lot of kids at the airport <laughs> to get here, but I am here. I heard y'all talking of, about me. Yeah. I, was, I was actually... Just get them out of the way. I was, in, I was on a plane listening to Friday's podcast, <laughs> and I'm just laughing. The person next to me is like, what? I'm like, inside joke. You're not going to get it, but I'm you, just you, laughing. You, you won't get it. Uh, but yeah, I am. Uh, I am in Daytona Beach. I uh, I walk into the hotel and they're like, "Travel Wizard, welcome back." I've never been to this hotel, but my <laughs> my reputation precedes itself. And That's hilarious. He looks down at the room. He goes, "You know what? You use mobile check-in, but that room's not good enough for you." And he goes, "Give me a couple of minutes." He comes back. All right, here's your room. I walk in this place. I've got a kitchen. I've got a uh, breakfast table with four chairs. I've got a living room with a big ass TV. I have a separate bedroom. And a bathroom that has uh, a hot tub in it, and what? it's like 900 square feet in this place. It is awesome. What? And uh, yeah, and I am. Uh, if I could get this kind of room at First Pitch Arizona, that would be great. But I don't uh, think that hotel has them. Because if it was, yeah. this would be the poker room. But uh, I can, we could easily we could easily have the poker room because I'm also overlooking the beach. Here it's like Daytona. you could you could get out of the poker room and you could go sleep. And not be disturbed. Oh, easily. Like. And I got a full fridge here. It's ridiculous. So this is Jeez. Uh, it's pretty nice. I guess maybe they saw my birthday was coming up on Tuesday. So they figured, you know, we're going to take care of the travel wizard. Well, ha- happy early birthday, travel wizard, of course. Uh, Dude, September 20th is the is the birthday of baseball people. Myself, you, you... Jonah Carey, Mike Petriello. And I'm missing somebody <sighs> else. There's Are like, you there's kidding? There's four of us. There's four of us at the same birthday. I'm drawing a blank on the fourth person. The fourth person is going to shoot me. Uh, that yeah. that's nuts. It like, is nuts. That is like that's kind of a ridiculous trio right there. Let's see which players share your birthday. I will tell you momentarily. Well, I think it's Stephen Souza Jr., <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But uh, all right, current players, not a bad birthday, not a bad day either. Ian Desmond, AJ Ramos, right. and Ken Giles all currently playing. Steve Woo. Lombardozzi, um, Dave now, Gallagher at one point. Going by All-Star Games, Jason Bay, he has three of them. Uh, Tom Tresh from the 1930s. Uh, No, no, he was born in 1938. He played in the 1960s, pardon me. Uh, Let's see who has the most home runs. That's that's still Bay. That's still Bay. Uh, Most pitcher strikeouts. Henry Boyle. Born 1860. Who doesn't know Henry Boyle? I mean, if you don't know Henry Boyle, like, and you say you're a real baseball fan, you're kind of full of crap. So uh, that's just. That's just kind of how it goes, at least as far as I'm concerned. Honestly, without this 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 um, influx of Ramos, Giles, and Desmond, it was a while. Like where where your where your September 20th birthday just like did not really produce a, a bunch of great recent players. You remember Chris Snowpeck? Yep. You remember that name as like I, do. Uh, I think a utility kind of guy for the White Sox? Yes, maybe. Yeah, so there's that. Bur- birthday talk from now so, on the, well, parents, the Sunday well, episode. Well, if, you know, people that are looking to have kids, 
lesson learned, don't conceive during Christmas parties. Obviously, you know, having kids that are conceived during the Christmas season does not work out to be a baseball player. So if you want there to raise a go. baseball player, do not do but not have protected sex during the Christmas season. If you want a baseball writer, yes. get get that eggnog. Take that last eggnog and, and see what happens. See where the night takes you. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just uh, saying. Jason, we we got to talk some baseball, though. We're going to talk some power hitters, including one that you broke down. You know, and I recently talked about him. I'm very curious to get your thoughts on Hanley Ramirez since you wrote about him. Then we're going to talk, uh, you know, we always do a little bit of raise. And uh, you found an interesting reliever who's just found a devastating changeup and maybe could get himself back into a closer mix next year. And then we're going to do something that Eno and I did on Friday that seemed to go over well, even though I'm not sure we made great picks, um, you know, kind of anecdotally remembering some of the names that we gave. But we're going to talk some, uh, some, some streamer types for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because, you know, we're, we're, this is where we're at, right? We have two weeks left. There's not a ton that, like, we could talk about, it's like, some skills evolution guys or whatever, but there's not enough time for that to catch up or for that to pan out, right? If we say, oh, this guy's, you know, hitting well lately, it's not necessarily showing the results, but he's hitting the ball hard, Get invest in him, and he'll pay off. Well, there's only two weeks, right? So we really got to focus uh, on kind of the minute levels, and so that's why we're going to do streamers again. But first, I want to jump in on your Hanley Ramirez piece that you did over at RotoWire. This is a guy who I don't think he's getting enough love, even though he is on you know, a very popular team in the Red Sox, former superstar, still, still what I would consider a star-level player, and, and you know, kind of capturing, recapturing some of that superstar talent of late. 26 homers, 102 ribbies, 290, 361, 503 triple slash. It's been, it's been a really strong year out of Hanley Ramirez. What, what did you find? Because uh, I'd mentioned, by the way, and I, you just you just talked about Petriello. Uh, d- did you get to, get a chance to see that he did a little something on on his launch angle? I did, I did. And by the way, um, the other the other the fourth person I couldn't remember is the guy who's going to win Tout Wars, Seth Trackman. Um, ah, so that's the, that's go. the four. Um, Maybe you forgot him out of bitterness. Like, just be probably. honest, it was bitterness because you were you're staving off one Jeff Erickson. Uh, for that bottom spot, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Fi- I'm not gonna finish last. Thank goodness. All right. Well, anyhow, um, yeah. But over to it. And I think Mike said he was gonna tweet a Hanley article um, every day as long as he continued to do this. But he talked about <laughs> the launch angle, and that's something that I talked about. Uh, I used a graphic. I used the Statcast ra- graphic to show it because I love these graphics. It just God, puts it. So it cool. puts the protractor out there, so you can see the number of hits and the angle. And the red shows you the hits, and the gray shows you the balls in play. You can see before mid-June that Hanley was hitting a lot of stuff into the ground. Uh, you know, we're talking negative launch angle. Uh, or a lot of stuff, if, you, if you're looking for um, where hits are, line drives are between 10 and 25%. Your home runs are typically 25 to 32% along those lines, uh, Thirty, maybe the upper 30s, and anything below 10% is a ground ball. And you look at the image of Hanley Ramirez, and you can – Everybody can do this. Go to the MLB.com page and go to the Statcast area, a launch angle. You can pull this up. Uh, and you can see a lot of stuff going into the ground. But then you look post-June when he made some changes to his swing. He talked about moving his hands up a little bit. Um, I, I, I looked at some of the video. I, I looked at a video from early May and looked at one when he homered off of Dellen Batanzas the other night on that 98 heater that he crushed to center. And he looks the same to me. Now, that's, that's the front view. We don't see the side view. Um, so much, but Hanley's such a good hitter, and the, really the frustrating part about having him as a fantasy guy, it's been multiple. It's been a number of years since he's put together back-to-back seasons uh, of, of like, wow, this is Hanley Ramirez. I mean, he had that awesome 2013 for the Dodgers, but then 14 and 15 were stink bombs. I mean, I invested in him in 2004 in 2015 when he first got to Boston. That worked out poorly. I think I paid 37 bucks for him in a, in a 11-team local AL keeper league. I went back to the same well this year, bought him at eighteen dollars, and now he's now he's a keeper for me at eighteen bucks. Yeah. I'm going to keep him because if you know if he can stay healthy, obviously playing first base is helping him staying healthy instead of running into the outfield wall. Um, yeah. That was obviously a problem early on for him, uh, but now he's you know he's he talked about it uh, in the article. He said you know I'm, I'm looking to you know drive the ball. He was feeling healthier. He felt like he was in that groove, and you know he definitely has a, a more a more even path to the baseball where he's getting slightly under it and is able to elevate it. Whereas before he just kept hitting him into the ground and not like he's slow, 
But I don't care how if you're if you're hitting a lot of ground balls to the pull side, which is what he was doing, he's going to get thrown out. Um, and so that's really the big change. So now he looks like the Hanley Ramirez of old. I mean, you look at him, what he's done, and his stats going into since the middle of June, his stats going into Saturday. 300, 375, 601 triple slash line, 407 weighted on base average, 153 WRC plus. Between he and Justin Upton, I mean, I don't know if there's two hotter guys in baseball right now. No, they really aren't. And and I don't think Hanley kind of gets the same um, reputation for it, but he can also get on these electric streaks. You know, Justin Upton... Uh, Chris Davis with a C, Edwin and Carnacion, they're kind of known for it, where, oh, hey, when they, when they get going, they're going to carry your team. But Hanley's got that capability, too. You, you cited the, uh, the, the Dodger half season that he had when he was arguably the best player in the league for those 86 games, 345, 402, 638, with 20 and 10 in 86 games. That was just in 2013. So there's still a lot of skill left in this bat. I've always liked Hanley. I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing well because it was a bummer last year when it was so obvious that running into that wall at full speed uh, into the sidewall and the, uh, the green monster, it, it ruined his season because he'd been hitting brilliantly in April too. So it's not like it was just a, a dead season from the jump. There was a clear issue. And now he's back on track. And, and now you're saying you, you got him as a keeper at 18 bucks. I could see a lot of folks having him as a keeper. You don't usually think of your 33-year-old guy as a keeper, which is what he'll be next year. But the prices that a lot of folks paid, I could definitely see it with Hanley Ramirez. So um, I'll link to that. If, if folks should be able to check it out. If you don't have a subscription, rotowire.com slash trial. You can take a look at it. Uh, just fantastic, fantastic work when you do these breakdowns. And, you know, we talked about one a while ago. And I just want to uh, – not to needle you. I said I was going to needle you for it before the show. But it's not to needle you. It's just to maybe see if there's a, an update that you have. You did a Trey Turner breakdown, and he's actually gotten better since then. Have you had a chance to watch any of his games to see how he continues to dominate? Now, he is dominating the Braves mostly, but I'm still loving every bit of this. How early is he going now? What what do we say? Top 50 when we talked last week? I, I, think, I think I may I have undersold him. I think we said him. something like that. Yeah, or top now, 60. I now, think we undersold him. Now, if you don't take him in the first round, I don't think you're getting Trey Turner. I'm kidding, of course, but it's gonna. there's going to be some silly – Trey Turner picks, right? Somebody gonna, in the NFBC is going to end up taking him in the in the in a fifteen team mixed league. He's gone before wheel. the end of the third round. Or, or I, I thought you were going to say someone's going to go really crazy and, and like take him sixteen first pick in the second round. I, I think you're right. I think third <laughs> round is is where it would be just really just after Sanchez, obviously. Uh, yeah, th- that's going to be their wheel pick, right? The guy who picks first when he comes all the way back around to him God, in, the, you in the second, that? third. Just doubling up, just going Sanchez and Turner. What if you go Trout, Sanchez, Turner? <laughs> Says, I, 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 can't, I can't give up. It's too early, but I would, I would respect the guy or gal who did that. For if you sure. all missed the home run that Sanchez hit tonight off Pomeranz, oh, my God. I thought it was going to go through that, that one of those uh, ribbon boards up in the – he's safe. I, I, um, I missed I missed it, but I I heard it was just utterly insane. It was a laser. I mean, it's just one of these things. It was 28 degree, and they said it was going to be 390 feet. I'm like, yeah, maybe when it made contact, but it was flying. Just they, absolutely. They, they said that um, John Sterling couldn't even get out his his little thing bef- before the ball was no. Was it his, was like just... it was like it is high, and then it was out. Yeah. So I'll have, I'll have to check that on replay. I'm actually uh, – I've been flipping through between that, the Emmys, and Boy, Pomeranz the, is not doing uh, well tonight. Yeah, that this is two games in a row now, and it's unfortunate, right, because he'd been pitching really well. He had a really good August. Those of you that, that are hating on the – that hated on the trade, you're certainly feeling justified with these back-to-back bad starts here. And I, I can't help but – this was my biggest concern. My big concern wasn't that he couldn't have the skill – to maintain it in Boston, it was wearing down, right? 161 innings, is, is, which is what he's at coming into tonight's game, is, you know, like 65 more than he's ever had in the majors. We talked about this. And that was, that was our concern. It wasn't so much skill. It yeah. was just the wear down effect. I didn't think he was going to magically get terrible in Boston, but th- this is what's happening now. And Joe Sheehan tweeted, uh, maybe it's time for him to go to the bullpen for the playoffs. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, th- I absolutely think so. I mean, we're, we're, 
he looks like he's wearing down. I mean, we, we, we've, we've learned from the whole um, A.J. Preller stuff that uh, that Pomeranz was getting special treatment with the Padres that the, the Red Sox didn't know about until he showed up and be like, hey, you know, where's my magical massage? Well, what do you mm-hmm. mean? Oh, I was getting these, you know, the Padres are doing this with me. Okay, why were they doing this? Uh, you know, that type of thing. So we knew uh, that he was getting maintenance to get to this point. But this was the point I, I recall, specifically recall talking about Pomeranz a couple of times on our Sunday chats uh, that this was a huge concern because we're talking about a guy again who, you know, one time is, is, is kind of like the Rich Hill concern. These guys, they'll be fine um, for a point, but they're going to wear down. And you know, this is why when he left San Diego, I was pessimistic for him going to Boston because I just didn't like the, I didn't like the environment that he was going to be playing in uh, with the way that division's shaken out. And that's how it, that's how it basically has. I mean, he got, got off to the rough start then got good again, but here of late has not looked good. Looks like he's wearing down, and maybe it is a bullpen thing for him. No doubt. How how um, how messed up is this AJ Preller stuff to to you with the uh, with the with the hiding injuries and 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 giving having a an actual document on file of of what's going on, and then giving teams a different sort of thing, and then in um, this when I first heard that he was going to be suspended for for injury trouble i thought it was related to the colin ray thing and then we find out it's related to the pomeranian so that's two trades that it's related to is this something that maybe he's getting caught and it's been happening or do you think that this is specifically him i think we joked about the whole when the colin ray thing happened too uh that maybe this was one of the things that that had happened i think they keep making news about the whole pomeranian thing but that to me it's it's the whole colin ray thing uh, that really should be the bigger stink I know they're mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, Boston with Pomeranz. But Pomeranz is pitching for them. Colin Ray lasted, what, one inning? And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, my arm was hurting the whole time. Uh, you know, that, that type Unbelievable. of thing. Unbelievable. I, I, I was honestly surprised that the, the, 30, that the 30 clubs had um, had this kind of agreement where there was this database out there where then you could say, okay, hey, Paul, I'm gonna tra- I'm looking at the at-bat right now. I'm going to trade you Heath Hembry for uh, Rob Refschneider. Uh, here, here's the code. Go and look at our stuff, and you give me your code. <clears throat> and then we look at stuff there. Pardon me. Uh, I was surprised that's the way the system worked. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I kind of get his point where it does, um, you, you know, it's got like car negotiations. You're not going to go buy a new car and tell the guy, hey, here's my bank account. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. but at the same time, it is, you know, we're, we're talking about damaged goods. You don't want to be that guy to get that reputation. It's going to be really hard for Preller to make future deals with clubs because now he's the guy that screwed people over twice. It's, yeah, it's 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 not a good situation. And what, what do you get? Like thirty days? That is nothing. I don't know. That seems yeah. That seems like I mean, it's, it's the pay. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hurt in the wallet. Um, sure. You know, but this if you're gonna take thirty days off, this is the time of year to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, especially for for a team like San Diego. So yeah. Uh, anyway, Chris Davis with a K, and it should just be. I know we, we, we lobbied for this uh, several weeks ago that it should just be Chris Davis, and then you assume it's with a K, and then any other reference is, is, is Chris with a – you have to say Chris with a C. But, you know, we, we haven't quite gotten that through yet. Two more homers today, 40 for the season. We've done the thing where it's like, oh, yeah, remember when people thought his power wouldn't play in, in Oakland? Of course, that's we, – we've moved on well from that fantastic season here. And I think a good lesson in not overreacting, right? We talk about patience and small sample size, and you hear it, and some people, you know, say it mockingly. Oh, small sample, like because you hear it so often. This is one of the reasons why it is so important. He had a sub 700 OPS for the first 30 games of the season. Uh, Chris with a K, Davis did, and since then, so that was the uh, that was in, into early May there that he, that he played his thirtieth game. Since mm-hmm. then, and this is before the two homers tonight, his last one hundred and nine games, thirty one homers, eighty ribbies, and an eight sixty five OPS. And you know, obviously, uh, the Corey Schwartz rule is my favorite. He he does a thing. This is all the way back from the fantasy four one one days that he and Mike Ciano did. Came up kind of with a loose theory of like when you can consider cutting a guy, and it was yep. based on how many weeks in a season versus the draft round because they, they almost kind of mirror. It's twenty six weeks, I believe, and then there's usually twenty three guys. So yep. so nobody not... gets cut in the first three weeks. Exactly. That's the way exactly. The yeah. And then you kind of go from there. And obviously, it doesn't work perfectly if your twentieth round guy gets 
you know, a devastating injury on, on April 28th. I understand if you move on. But f- I think it works best for those first 10 rounds when you're really trying to figure out what to do. Don't you got to be insane to cut like a seventh rounder uh, in mid-May, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just – I wanted to revisit him again because I've been so impressed with his season. And I'm curious what you think of his outlook going forward because Chris Davis just kind of seems to continue to improve. He certainly does with his home run totals, 22, 27, 40. But um, his OPS is actually the same as last year, 828, 828. Again, that's before the two homers. But by and large, it's going to be very similar unless he just goes ridiculous the next two weeks. So with Chris Davis with a K, like, how are you assessing him as a 29-year-old next year with Oakland? Assuming actually, they I'm, keep assessing, him. I'm assessing him the same way I assessed him to come into this season. When, this, when the trade happened, we said there was, it was going to be overreaction theater and people were going yep. to freak out that he was going from the nice run environment in Milwaukee to a pitcher one in Oakland. And we talked about, hey, this is a nice chance to buy him. He may lose a few homers because none of us knew that this was going to be the year that baseball went crazy with home runs. Exactly. You know, exactly. None of us, nobody, uh, nobody could have seen what was coming uh, here. But this is he, he has clearly made a, a, a bit of a sacrifice to say, look, I am going to eschew contact and I'm going to hit homers and get paid. So now he's going into, going going into arbitration, coming off two back to back good power years, uh, and is going to get paid for it. I mean, the, the contact rate is about where it was last year, within a point and a half. Um, he's getting fewer walks. I'm surprised that he's not being walked more. Um, that guys are giving him stuff to hit. Maybe it's because he's playing, you know, with the with the last place team. But he is playing teams that are competing. So it's not like it's not like they're trying to let him beat him. But he has mm-hmm. 37 he has 37 home runs since the end of April. 37. Wow. It's nuts. Wow. Uh, but it, I, I'm looking at him exactly the way I looked at him coming into this year. Um, Maybe if something happens to the baseball, they, they loosen it up a little bit. He drops down to last year. But we liked him. We liked him in 2015. We love him in 2016 at the price. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of one of the issues that you got to worry about is just, you know, um, he is what he is. I don't. There's no more upside to here. There's only downside. And I've, that's true. There, that's there's true. enough guy. There's enough guys out there supplying the power. You know, like he and Chris, uh, he and Chris Carter uh, are, are two guys that yeah. I I liked quite a bit coming into this season because this is what they are. They hit home well, runs, and this is why you draft them. There's nothing else there. It's home runs and, and runs batted in. That's it. You're you're gonna get that power, and even with both, you know, you mentioned Chris Carter, a, a, a solid season, 35 and 86 so far. So probably end up with you know 37 ish and 90 ish, and that's really good. I don't think that the season of either guy, even with 40 homers for, for Chris Davis, uh, and, and he'll, he'll top 100 ribbies. He's got 99 right now. I don't think that's going to skyrocket the price for him or Chris Carter. Now, Chris Carter's a d- different situation. A little bit, uh, we kind of know, you know, that batting average, 222, that's tough to carry. Chris Davis sitting at uh, 254, a lot more palatable. So they're going to be different priced, generally speaking. But I don't think that Chris Davis is going to see his price rise by five, six, seven rounds just because of a 4,100 season, which, no. again, is why we still like him. No, because everybody's pessimistic about, ah, he's not going to hit 30 again. Why not? Yeah. I mean, what he hit the year before, it was 30... 27. 27? But, but in a shortened season. Right. He only, he only played 121 games, and he hit 27 <coughs> in 2015. Uh, 22 and 144 for Chris Davis in 2014. So, I mean, the power... It just continues to get better. 214, 258, 275 with his ISO totals. That's fantastic for Chris Davis. So he'll, he'll stay on our radars for sure. Um, what about Mark Trumbo? I, I want to move over to him real quick. Again, a guy we've, we, you and I have talked multiple times, but I keep bringing him up because, it, frankly, he keeps making us look stupid. Uh, we, we will eat well, that one. No, 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 no. I don't know. Because when, when, when he went to Baltimore, now if somebody wants to go back and pull the audio and, and call BS on this, I'm pretty certain we said this is going to have a Nelson Cruz effect on Mark Trumbo when he landed at Baltimore because well, that my, park is tailor-made for him. My concern was waiting for the other shoe to drop because of the fact I, I thought we, he, we'd see another fast start with, with the fade. And the fade usually comes from the triple slash, not so much the power. He can keep – you know, I thought I – thought, I thought we'd see more of like uh, 35 homers, which would, would have been a career high, I guess. So, so something in the 30s. And he just hit his 43rd today. Yeah, because AAA, AAA talent Ryan Garten threw him a meatball right down the <laughs> middle. 
God bless it. I mean, that's that was the game series. winner, right? This, the Rays could have should have swept the series. I mean, they had lost. They lost a late lead on Friday, and yeah, it was a two to one game today. It was three solo shots in the game. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Garton comes and just tries to uh, announce his presence with authority, and, and Trumbo hit it to the flagpoles. It was just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, this power. If, if you are a free agent and can land a right-handed power-hitting free agent and can land a deal at Baltimore, you take whatever they give you. They are kingmakers. Now, He's I not believe... power hitting, but what would De- Dexter Fowler have done there? Remember, he oh, was yeah. he was signed to go. Like it, it, it's it was not. I mean, he didn't sign, but like the news was that it was done. Right. I wonder if he would have hit like twenty five. I mean, he is a free. Yeah, Trumbo's a free agent after this year. They are kingmakers. Cruz went there, got a nice deal. Yep. Trumbo's a free agent after this year. Steve Pierce so, broke out with them, and now he's back. Yeah, oh, Steve. No, he's not back. He's going to be out four to six months now. Oh, I missed that. What he, happened? Uh, he's got to have elbow surgery. He's got I completely tear. He's missed having non non Tommy John elbow surgery. He's got uh, some tears in his elbow. He's going to be out four to six months, um, which is going to impact his 2017 value big time. Um, yeah, so that's, he'll, he'll, he'll be a dollar guy. That. I just saw that Tommy Ransell sent me that note earlier today. Um, so yeah, that's happening. But I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm looking at who's who's going to be a potential free agent next year. That, oh, you know, that they could get. Who's going to be their next kind of? Let's look at the free agent the tracker for MLB trade rumors. Um, first base. See, let's see if they, if they could somehow convince Encarnacion to go there. Oh my god. Um, oh, that'd be then now Mike the only Napoli. reason I don't. Yeah, they need somebody that's a little bit like those two are both on a, on a high end right now. Yeah. Napoli, Napoli would have been perfect if he'd had the season that he had this past uh, in 2015 when I loved him and had him in every league, um, and then he he exploded back this year. What about like I don't love him, I don't like him at all actually, but like I could see a Logan Morrison going there and hitting like. 29 homers for some dumb reason although he's about to have wrist surgery isn't he he is yeah i don't there, i don't nobody's really standing out. i mean there's brandon moss but there's not that guy there's not i'm looking at right-handed pull guy and napoli and encarnacion are really the guys that stick out yeah um, lomo is a lefty too that's a good point yeah i mean it has been righties wilson ramos but they don't need uh, you know well yeah well, well the, they gotta get face? a deal with weeders uh, yeah weeders is a one-year deal he's a free agent after this year as well yeah um, so I that mean, might be a nice spot, nice spot for him. I'm just looking down the list to see what. Um, that would be nice if Ramos went. Now Ramos is coming off a good year, you know, 21 homers, a uh, great year, I should say, 21 homers, 78 ribbies, 302 average. And so, with, given what we're saying about Camden Yards, just imagine what he would be able to do. I think Matt we could ha- see Matt Holiday, 30 homers. But he's aging. Uh, Matt yeah. Holiday would kind of fit that bill. Maybe he needs to go to the AL so he can DH. Yeah. And then he'll Yohannes, and then, uh, Cessitus, Cessitus. Uh, Dude, dude. If now he opts just, out, if he opts yeah, out, now, that would be now, that would be ungodly. Now you're just making people drool. Yeah, I, I would draft I would draft him over Trey Turner if that happens. I yeah, I would draft Cespedes late first round, I think. Carlos hey, I'm not, here I'm you not go. Even kidding. Carlos Gomez. Oh man. Let that happen. Please <laughs> let that happen. He get it, it, oh, yeah. It, as long as he's healthy, obviously that's that's obviously the biggest caveat with with Gomez. Um, but he has shown a spark with Texas, and it looks like he's selling out for the power in a Chris Davis sort of way. So maybe Carlos Gomez goes there at age thirty one and just rakes. That'd be sweet. All right, Jason, let's talk one pitcher. We we got we got a hit on the Rays and uh, Danny Farquhar. You know, off the radar as as a late uh, late inning, but not closer guy. So this is this is a deep. Deep cut here, but you're, you've seen, you've seen something from him in a particular pitch that suggests that if he continues to pitch this well, maybe he gives Alex Colomay a run for that ninth inning role. Yeah, so Lord Farquhar. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times where you've got to find something to watch late in the season. If your fantasy team or your real team's out of it, find mm-hmm. something else to focus on. Well, since the Rays have been out of it since May. <laughs> uh, you know, of, of late, I've just been watching some of the pitchers, and, and they've been using Farquhar quite a bit lately. But what I've noticed about him is he's now throwing a lot of changeups, and it's good. It's it's got fade to it. He's throwing it harder for whatever reason. I looked into it, and he's he's throwing his changeup harder. It's got fade. He's throwing righty on right changeups. I mean, these are all things that I love. We've talked about uh, uh, you know guys that, that that run away like a Jeremy Hellickson doesn't like throw, throwing right on right changeups as, as much as uh, 
um, he used to, those kinds of things. But uh, these are things, I think it's a weapon when you're able to do it. Uh, and Farquhar's been doing, I saw an animation of him striking out um, uh, Sterling Castro on it. I saw him striking out Edwin Encarnacion this week. I saw him get um, Chris Davis with a C uh, on some change-ups and just really burying it. So he's throwing this pitch quite a bit, and it's got... It's got life to it, and he's getting good hitters out with it. So I just think it's something to watch the next time your favorite team uh, is is playing the Rays and Farquhar happens to come in. Just watch how that changeup's going. Um, I honestly think it's it's he's – I didn't think much of him. The first half of the year, he really wasn't coming in. He was leaving the fastballs up and flat and really couldn't command anything. But what I'm seeing mm-hmm. here since he's come back, um, I, I honestly think he's got a role, a late-inning role with the team next year. He got He's got a chance. Now I thought Absolutely. he had that. Ch- I thought he had that chance this year coming into the season. I spent two bucks on him on Tout Wars, and I ended up quickly cutting him because he couldn't command his pitches. But watch him now; he's commanding his pitches, and it looks really good in the back end. So, 48, just something, just something to consider. Forty-eight percent strikeout rate uh, against righties with the changeup since he was recalled in August, and again, actually using it in a right-right situation. Um, even more devastating against lefties at 66%, uh, 65% strikeout rate, 0.087 across the board. That's a triple slash, 87, 87, 87. So I imagine that's like one base hit in the uh, in the 23 batter's face that, that Farquhar's had with the changeup. So the changeup's been nasty for him. That, that's, that's huge. And yeah, Colome, nothing against Colome when I say that. But you know how quickly closer roles can turn over if Colome has has a bout of the homeritis, which has left him with a 1.1 homer per nine rate this year, and 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 maybe he you know is walking a few guys or has an uh, April like Ken Giles is last year. Then all of a sudden you're talking Farquhar getting in there. So again, it's a deep cut for sure, but AL only. Don't be afraid to throw a buck at him. And, and this I, is I'm why, sure. because I also, we, we were talking about this offline. I don't think Boxberger's on this team next year. I didn't exactly. think he'd be on the team this year either, um, but I, I really don't think he's around. I think he gets moved um, and something opens up. And let's not forget, we're not too far removed from this team um, not having the same guy repeat as a nine years saves lead. Yeah. I think it's been something like nine in the last 11 years. It's been a new guy leading the team in saves. Yeah. I remember when you, when you kind of were hitting on that stat, it was, it was a couple of years ago. And then, the, then they went and had somebody do it two years in a row, I think, but just absurd. Like, again, they're not married to having to have the same guy in there. So that's, that's really interesting. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye out on Danny Farquhar and Alex Colomay, just to kind of see how the two go. And I'm not above, in an AL only, getting a, a $1 guy who I know isn't going to get saves, but I want to just get devastating strikeouts and quality ratios from, you know? And so Farquhar could be one of those guys. All right, Jason, let's talk some streamers. Um, again, two weeks left. Everyone is trying to do everything that they can, putting in every every guy here, Um Every start matters when you're in a head-to-head especially, but also in Roto. It's it's fun, but of course it's nerve-wracking. You, you, you make a decision, and obviously in any one start, the best pitchers can get rocked. So if they're available on the wire, they're obviously on, on a lower level, and that means they could really be in trouble. But we're going to try to find some good ones for you. So let's start with uh, with tomorrow. Let's start with Monday. The, the 19th, a couple off days here. I see that Cleveland's off, Detroit's off, Milwaukee, Minnesota, New York. So, you know, a handful of others, too. I'm not going to run down all of them. It's not, it's, not, it's not a full slate, but it's one of the fuller Monday slates as we jump uh, down, uh, come down the stretch here. My favorite one right off the bat, I think, is Jarrell Cotton from Oakland. And one thing I like about him, so if you, if you go look at his numbers right now, you see, like, a, I think it's like a 3.2, uh, 3.8 strikeout. Uh, per nine ratio and you're like well that's garbage but 10 percent swinging strike rate means he's getting the swings and misses the strikeouts just haven't been there yet he's not walking guys he's keeping the ball in the yard he's got a tiny babbit uh part of it i'm sure is some luck he only has a couple of starts but also he's got some pretty decent stuff he doesn't throw the ball too hard but there's a lot of uh a lot of quality secondary stuff with his change up cutter and curve. So I like Jarrell Cotton. I know it is against Houston. Houston's not uh, not a bad offense at all. But when they when they even when they're going, they can strike out. So I think that we could see the first big strikeout game from Jarrell Cotton, maybe. And by big, I mean you know like five in six innings. But uh, I like Jarrell Cotton against Houston. What do you think? 
Um, I like him, uh, but I think the matchup to exploits the Jason Hamill versus the Reds. I mean, we're oh, talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the, that's the easiest one to exploit. I mean, he did face him earlier, twice earlier in the season, shut them out in both uh, both outings, six six outings. If you take that easy one off the table, um, I also like Rodon versus the Royals um, tomorrow. Well, let me let me check the availability on uh, on Rodon and Hamill. They might they might be a little bit too. Uh, rostered, Rodon is one of those guys that he'll pop up on waiver wires because people get tired of the whip. Yeah, Rodon's a little bit more, a lot more available actually. I'm actually really surprised. You want to guess what Jason Hamill's ownership rate is at at ESPN? This really surprised me. I thought it was going to be like a little bit too high. It's way too high to be recommended here. What do you think it is? Eighty four percent. Damn, you're good. Eighty three percent. Wow. So Hamill's people not just available. Those ones. It's Cubs. Just yeah, grabbing those it's Cubs. Ones. Uh, so Rodon, 53%. So he's going to be available in some So there's leagues. my guy. And I like him. Rodon doing what he did last year, Jason, where the early half of the season, really not going to jump off the page. In fact, it was at, downright bad at times, which put him on some waiver wires, and he's closing strong again. If this guy can put a full season together, I'm, I, I still think there's a lot of capability for him. Um, his most recent start, Carlos Rodon's, was not good against Cleveland. I'm not really going to kill him for that. Before that, it was one three one zero two one one for his earned runs. So if you look at his last eight starts on the whole, he's got a 277 ERA with 45 strikeouts and 48 and two-thirds innings. So I'm with you on Rodon there. That's a good one. Um, also take a look at Tyler Anderson. He does, He's found a lot of success in Coors. That's very risky, I understand, because anytime it can go sideways at Coors, but I still really like what he's been able to do. I, I, I broke him down a couple weeks ago, so if you want to take a look at that, see where my, uh, where my thinking is with him. Anybody facing San Diego, got to be worth a look. So I'll say Braden Shipley way, as well. May I, may, I say, may I say that I like how you pronounce Coors? Because I don't think you say I'm going to open the door, but you say Coors. <laughs> yeah, I do. Is it Coors? 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 I don't know. The double O side should be an O, but I just I saw Coors. You, like, you did it once. I was like, all I could think of was Coors. Coo-whip. Coo-whip. Why are you saying that? Coo-whip. <laughs> what, Brian, you want me to have some Coo-whip? Uh, my buddy joined a uh, when he first joined a fantasy baseball league. His his team name was Cool Whip with like nine H's. Nice. And I was like, that's a really, really, really good team name. I'll also mention Wei Yin Chen on Monday. Uh, maybe the injury was was what was keeping him from from being good at all because he was really bad for a lot of this year. He has almost a five ERA, but he's coming off the DL. He's facing Washington. Probably better off to. Sit this one out with Wei Yin Chen, see how he does, and then jump on his Saturday start against Atlanta. But if you have to pick him up now to have that Atlanta start available to you, I would consider that. Let's let's move how over about, to Tuesday. Well, one more. Oh, how, about, go ahead. how about Martin Perez versus the Angels? I was going to mention mean, him. Yeah, it's yeah. just. I mean, he hasn't. He he faced him earlier in the season and got raked. I mean, right after the All Star break, just got bombed. Uh, but that's the only time. And then before that, he had, then he had six. But he faced him in in May and shut him out over six innings. So it, it could go either way, but that Angels lineup is basically one or two guys you got to worry about, and that's it. Yeah, the fish uh, guy. To that point. No, no, I, I, I like Martin Perez. I've always really liked him. He's one of those guys that when you watch, um, you see a lot more than the numbers tell you. 4.7 strikeouts, terrible. Uh, 3.6 walks, you know, below average. One four one whip. I understand that the numbers aren't there, but he gives a lot of good starts. In his last three, he's gone at least six and all of them. They're all, they're all quality starts. Six. He's won three yep. of his last six. So uh, 196 ERA in his last 18 and third inning. So I agree with you. Martin Perez, definitely a consideration as well. On Tuesday, I'm looking at my boy Joe Musgrove against Oakland in Oakland. Um, he's been hit and miss, you know, we've kind of highlighted it on this show, usually with Eno talking about how, you know, he's got more control than command. Like he can hit the zone all day, but sometimes it's, it's really problematic. And so I think he's been incorporating, not incorporating some walks, but I think he's been giving in less. And so when you see the walks, they're not as concerning for me for Musgrove, because I think it's situations where he says, fine, don't just lay something in there and get blasted. Try your hand with the next batter. So in Oakland, we know you got to avoid the the stud Chris Davis, but beyond that, I, I like uh, I like Joe Musgrove. And I don't know what his ownership, but um, I'm I know it's risky. But Kevin Gossman against the Red Sox, I mean, he oh. pitched against them earlier and was and looked really good. I was impressed with that outing. 
that could be a, an interesting situation. He's at 64%, so he's going to have some availability, especially in shallower leagues where he might actually be on the wire because he's going against Boston, right? I could see somebody, you know, they've been holding him for the last couple of weeks, getting the good work, but if they're manipulating their rotation a whole bunch, they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out because it's Boston. And if you're in desperation mode, I, you know, I think you take a shot there. I know Boston can wreck you, but Kevin Gossman's been really good. So Here's the one I, I can't figure out is that I, when I was staring at it, I looked at it and said, okay, you know, Matt Boyd against, against uh, uh, that the That was my Twins, next one. But he's faced him four times now, and he just faced him last week, earlier this week and got bombed. Yeah, I know. Seven earned runs. So when you're back-to-back against the same team, that's typically a risky move. Well, and it's like, in the time before that, it was he wasn't that great either. He was okay. He got a quality start, but he gave up, uh, you know, six base runners, three runs, and in six innings, and struck out seven. Uh, but then uh, again, back to back starts against the same team. That's that's a little risky for me, but it's out there. One thing I've seen uh, this. I don't remember when this was written, so I, I don't know if it's been updated. But Beyond the Box Score did something on this, facing a team t- twice in a row. Right, and they they found the results to be um, inconclusive in terms of good versus bad. Like you can be, you can dominate them both times. If you beat them in the first one, you're not any more likely to be bad in the second one or good in the second one. So it's kind of a toss up situation. I like that name. I was going to mention him as well. He has been solid for the Tigers. I think he's been a little bit over his head, so I really wasn't surprised when he had a bad kind of come-back-to-earth start. Definitely some risk because that Minnesota team can can knock the ball out of the yard when they're going. I mean, I know they have the worst record in the league, but Matt Boyd has a 1-5 homer per nine ratio, so you want to be careful, especially he's a lefty too. So you know Brian Dozier is probably going to get at least three solo homers. So if he can avoid giving up runs to anybody else – then maybe we can get six innings and get a baseline quality start. So I, I, I agree with you on, on Matt Boyd, but I'd put him last among the three that we've given uh, for sure. Let's move over to Wednesday, and then, uh, and, the, and then we'll get out of here and let you continue to travel, Wizard, so you can explore the rest of your amazing hotel. I'm going to get lost in this room. Yeah, I was going to say, you put a tracker, make sure you don't, uh, don't get too lost, don't, don't get too far afield. I know you want to take Clay Buckles at Baltimore. I'm not going to let you do that. Nope. I'm, I'm not, nope. I know you guys broke up a long time ago. That's actually um, a very sore subject for you, so I apologize for bringing it up. I'm going to say, geez, it's rough here. I'm going to go, man, I've been all over this series, and I probably should have mentioned Sean Manaya for Tuesday um, against Houston, then Musgrove versus Manaya. Kind of take your pick there. Daniel Mengden against Houston. He's been hit and miss for sure, but when he's on, he looks really sharp. I think he's got some deception along with some quality stuff. Hey, man, we are scraping the wire. There's not going to be a lot of sexy picks because if they're that great, they'd be on a roster. His last two starts, six strikeouts in each of them. His very last start, seven shutout innings at KC. I'm going to take my shot with uh, with Daniel Mengden. And I'm going to go the other way in that game, I believe, um, if I've read this right. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh has won four of his last five outings. Boom. Um, still gets you the strikeouts. He has faced Oakland, uh, shut them out over six innings the last time he faced them. Um, the time before, uh, and meddling results. Time before, meddling results. Uh, but I like McHugh in this. If it's not McHugh, the easy one's Bartolo Colon against the Braves. I like both of those, actually. Those are, those are great names that, that, that you're talking about. In terms of um, speculating, right? Not not great names in terms of full season ownership, but you right. know, I, Callum McHugh, man, when he gets going, he's really good. And 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 four of his last five have been good. He's had one really bad one at Texas, which you wouldn't have really which is to be you expected. Yeah, you wouldn't have used that one anyway, right? He's but a, shut he's down got, Seattle, shut down the Cubs. Did well against Oakland last time. Got Pittsburgh when they were quasi hot. Um, yeah. and, and the Texas thing—that's just Texas owns the Astros. Yeah, um, don't don't pitch anybody. Yeah, Plain don't pitch simple. anybody for Houston in Texas. Don't really pitch too many guys in Texas in general, really. Uh, let me see if there's any other names I just throw out as, you know, if you're deeper league and you really have to scrape, I could see Annabelle Sanchez. He's been hit and miss over the second half, looking a little bit better, keeping the ball in the yard with a little bit more regularity. And then Luis Pordomo, maybe another one that I would, again, we're talking 15-team type of mix here where you're really throwing darts. He's got some decent stuff. He really is still trying to learn how to use it. Um, I would leave a blank spot before I would touch 
Clay Buckholz. I would um, actually just ask my commissioner to give me seven earned runs in two innings before I would even try Jared Weaver in Texas because I feel like the seven earned runs in two innings would be a better idea. So, yeah, there's not a whole bunch of names for Wednesday, but hopefully we've given you guys some good names here. And we have a little bit better success than Eno and I had over the weekend. I know we talked up uh, Jose Urena. I think he gave up like seven runs. I'm trying to think of a couple others that we that we mentioned, and they weren't great. But hey, we're speculating here, and hopefully, we're giving you some some good um, names to about, uh, win your title. Really, like, what about Chad Cool against the Brewers? Given yeah, the swing and mess in that lineup. Absolutely, and and he's been really solid. Actually, that's a good one. Let's put him. I want to put him firmly on the list here. He's got a three ninety seven ERA and a one twenty WHIP in fifty six and two thirds innings of work. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in any of his last. Let's see how many is that? Eight starts. Good for a three thirty two ERA and forty three and a third innings. He's actually only the worst that he ever got blasted was another one of these ones like the Colin McHugh one where you would have avoided it anyway. It was against the Cubs. He right. went two and a third and gave up four runs. You were never going to use that, right? It's the Cubs for crying out loud. So, yeah, good name on there uh, with Chad Cool. Anybody else you want to touch on? No, that was right. I just put him in my lineup. Uh, I had to obviously bench Junior Guerra for the rest of the year. I am, I am trying to fight for the hold on to second place. Um, in that NL league that I joined this year. Um, so I'm currently five points up in second place, but the pitching categories are what's super tight. I mean, the uh, uh, saves, I've got 24, and then teams behind me are 23, 22, and 22 uh, wins. I am tied with somebody at 68, and there's two teams tied behind me with 67. So that's a, the, the swing between second and third is like $400. Dang, it's okay, a two hundred dollar yeah. entry fee and five dollars per trade in this league. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I really Ooh. would like to hold on to. It's it's been a couple of years since I've won a a, a nice chunk of change. Well, in hopefully, a league, so. hopefully you pull this one down here um, using some of the picks we've talked about here just now. So maybe I'll have to do uh, it for football this year too because I am uh, I am two and zero in both of my football leagues this year. Hey, hey, nobody likes a braggart, man. Come on, I, hey, and I suck at football, folks. So if I'm two and zero, what is your experience? anybody can be? I right? won I won a game one twenty eight to one twenty seven today. Dude, it's so nasty losing. Like, obviously, anytime you lose, it's a bummer. But it, those close losses. I saw a guy in week one. By the way, we're, we're, we're about over. If you hate the football, you can end yeah, it. Up. We're, we're going to finish this conversation and we're going to be done. Um, I saw a guy literally lose by point one. Oh, 96.5 to 96.4. <coughs> Holy cow. Like, that's brutal. Speaking of brutal losses, sick life Detroit Lions. Hey, sick, sick life sick Washington life. potatoes. Yep. Um, oh, God, I, Kirk I like Cousins. That. That, that's a good team name, Washington. Kirk Cousins Cousin. sucks. Oh, Dude. God, he's terrible. And and you'll get pushed back. Like, he had 364 yards? Yeah, he needed 46 attempts for that. And uh, he only completed 28 of them. He did not look he sharp. He underthrew everybody, and then the Hail Mary throws it out of the damn end zone. Piece and of garbage. That's the thing that drives me nuts about about somebody like Kirk Cousins when you're watching him is it is that back and forth inconsistency. It's like underthrow, 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 wild overthrow. What are you doing? So I actually started Blake Bortles ahead of him today. And um, despite how bad it looked early for Bortles. Garbage time. He got that garbage. You know what? He must love Katie Nolan's uh, TV show. because. He's the best garbage. Yeah, that's true. If you're not watching it, I, don't, I really don't know what you're doing with your life. She's, she's the best. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't understand how he gets infinitely better in garbage time all the time, right? Like if there's, if there's a close game or the pressure's on or, you know, um, he can't do anything. Like that, that, was a game, that was a winnable game in San Diego against San Diego. Comes out and he looked utterly disgusting throws two ugly picks gets his butt kicked and then what happens finishes with 329 and two touchdowns he looked and, like and justin rallies. verlander to start the season and then uh hey hey took hey, off. hey only bad starts were against those pesky cleveland indians and yes. he got him back yesterday but the tigers couldn't score one freaking run off the freaking bullpen it was a full bullpen game now i'm sorry for the way that they had oh, to God, happen. i hate those, I hate those carrasco rules. I hate those rules. Oh, the uh, uh, September expansion? Oh, that was good. It was a game the other day where somebody was – I know it wasn't the Indians because they had to use that. Um, but there was something the other day where a team uh, used like seven relievers. I'm like – Jason, eight. it's happening nightly. 
Mm. You can find because MLB Central, the morning show on the MLB Network. I swear they they cover the the reliever game of the night. Uh, basically every morning with all these freaking guys. Uh, there's one team a night that uses like eight relievers and, and like half of them throw a third of an inning. And that's absurd. Like, listen, I used to not really care about f- September expansion, but now that it's like kind of a thing and it really is a bad idea when you think about it, right? Like how, how, how do we play the most important month of the season, or at least the final one, the one where you're really settling everything Under different with completely rules. different rules. Yeah. Like, I, it really doesn't make any sense. No, nope. they, need, they need to have like a, you go in, you nominate the couple of guys that you're going to play. And um, Matt Vaskersian came up with this one too, because to, I, I like that rule too, but then the instant counter is, well, they'd be just be switching out the, uh, the starters. You set it for the series, right? And, right? and I don't even mind if it's 30, right? Do five extra guys. That's fine. Like, I know that's still different rules, but you want, you know, you do want to account a little bit for everyone wearing down. That's fine. But 15 extra players? Or do, the AFL, do the AFL rules. Put a taxi squad. Boom. They're only allowed to play once or twice a week, and then they're out. There you go. There you go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly with you on all that. Hey, there, we ended up, we ended with some baseball for those of you that, uh, that really get annoyed when we spend like a minute on football. But uh, Jason, Travel Wizard. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your trip. Are you going to be traveling next week? Um, right now, that's a, a negative. Well, there right you now, go. I, right now, I'm supposed to be home. I got to go to. I got to go back to your your home state um, later this week. I'll be in Michigan, going to Lansing on Thursday night, and for meetings on Friday, and um, then I am home. And uh, right now, I'm home for the rest of uh, September. And uh, I don't really. Ha- I don't know if I've got uh, mid October, but th- again, I wasn't supposed to be anywhere this week. This trip literally came up Friday afternoon. Let's be honest. Your best trip is coming in early November when we go out to Arizona. So that's that that's the one you're looking forward blocked, to. Blocked, locked, and stacked, and ready to rock. <laughs> All right, Jason. Have a good week. Uh, you and I will talk next Sunday. All right, man. Take care.